0: Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast.
1: It is good to be back on.
0: Yes, it is indeed. We are talking about keeping a financial record, how to deal with all of the paperwork that you get and everything that you know goes on behind the scenes after you buy a share or before you buy a share. Uh, even if you don't do share market investing, how do you keep on top of all of the financial stuff? Mm. That's today's episodes we're going to give episode we're going to give you some I guess tips and tricks on how you can keep a record of whether it's your will, whether it's your all the different bank accounts you have, how you can go about managing that and just keeping on top of it and managing the stress of it all, which is a big one for me at tax time. So, Kate, let's just dive right into it. Why?
1: Yeah, why? It's a big question, but why do we actually want to keep on top of our financial records and Mm -hmm. all of that paperwork and all of those documents? First things first, tax time. I want you to create a system so your life can be a lot easier at tax time. I've learned this the hard way because I've made my life very complicated uh, in previous years when I was trialing lots of different things. I had no system at place. So um, we're going to give you a, a few suggestions today on making your life less painful for tax time, avoiding any mistakes that could be quite costly because having a bad financial record keeping system could actually mean you forget to give your accountant something or you forget to account for something when you do your tax return, which could come back to bite you down the track. Uh, maximizing your refund and keeping your accounting bill down or even just the time you spend doing your own taxes down.
0: Yeah, I like it. So, taxes are a really important one. Death and taxes, which we've talked about before, are the two certainties in life. One of those things uh, requires an accountant. An accountant, people just think like, oh, here's my box of receipts or I don't even have a box of receipts. Here's just my bank statement, figure it out. If you do that, your accountant is going to charge you a lot of money. So unless, you know, you want to spend 200, 250 dollars an hour, maybe more, paying the accountant to do that for you, keeping on top of it with some very simple tricks will save you a lot of money.
1: Yeah. The second reason why I think it's really important to keep your financial life simplified and up to date is for emergency natural disaster situations, situations where you don't have access to all those documents up front and you really need those numbers quickly. Maybe your ID details, your insurance numbers, um, having access to details of important things in your life, not just um, your investments, but all those other areas where you might not think about, but having access to your ID details remotely is really important as well. So I think that's uh, an important reason to actually think about having a financial admin system in place
0: Mm. it can be really simple like where do you find the keys to the city so to speak so in an emergency let's say like this is a big one for me as the sole director of the business what happens you know there what contingencies do you have in place so having some sort of record keeping um, will improve that but also improve how you think about different things so um, i like it what about this one more this one final reason to keep on top of your records
1: yeah, the final reason, and if you've listened to our recent podcast on wills and estates, this will probably mm-hmm. um, ring familiar, but for illness and death. So, when there's a situation where you can't physically or mentally manage your affairs while you're alive, or you pass away and you can't manage your affairs either, Um, making that situation as simple and as streamlined as possible for your loved ones. So they're not having to call up a million places to track down different assets and different details to insurance companies and things like that. Having everything in one spot so that your executor or whoever's your power of attorney or your partner or whoever's gonna make those decisions on your behalf can access everything as easily as possible. So Mm. um, just, Yeah, making that as simple as possible. I've seen very many situations where they've spent years trying to track down different assets all over the place um, when it comes to wills and estates and it made life very complicated um, or just trying to find login details. So if you don't know that person has a, a Commonwealth Bank account and there's no paperwork or no trail and they can't access the email, they might not even know the money's there. So it will take a long time to track that down. So Everything as simple as possible, having digital asset lists and things like that, we'll talk about in this episode, but that is another reason why I think it's really important to have a solid financial record keeping system Mm -hmm. and having everything in a simple spot.
0: Yeah, if you think like, oh, I'm 25, I'm 35, I'm 45, I'm healthy, I'm fit, well, you know, people pass away at all ages and people get sick from the age of birth right through to death. So um, you don't wanna be in hospital sick or caring even for a loved one and having to worry about your finances. So, being on top of this, it can be very simple. It can be like, which we'll go through, you know, statement of assets, statement of liabilities, whatever, just getting it all together, having some type of instruction, it just makes life easier. If you do have a will and you've appointed an executor and they know about it, um, so they're the people that kind of get everything together for you. Uh, let them know where this thing is that we're about to talk about, yeah. Because uh, if they don't know, they're just going to be going in blind trying to figure out. Like we've had, so for example, we've had mem- uh, executors of of people of our from our members who have died, and I've actually over the years fielded emails from them. They said, "Hi, I'm just looking for such and such as um, bank de- uh, comsec details. I'm the executor of the will. See attached." And I'm like. Well, I don't have any of that stuff. But obviously, they didn't leave it to them. They didn't have something like this. So, they're trying to figure out how to get into their share portfolio so that they can then give that to their family or whatever. And they're like, well, we're trying to find all this information, don't have anything on it. So, keep that in mind. Like, that happens.
1: Yeah. And when I spoke to David from State Trustees about Wills the other week, he mentioned that the state of Victoria has a will bank, so it's a free service for Victorians that can store their wills in this central secure location mm-hmm. and so that when the time comes and the will is required, you can recall it from the will bank. Perfect. Um, and there's other. There's also a service, when I had a look at their website, where you can register the location of your will. So if it comes down to it and someone's trying to find the will, you can. they can use this service to at least find out where the will's located, um, which solicitor is with. Maybe it's in your safe how do you access that safe? So, things like that. Um, I, I hope he did mention that many other states would have a similar service. So, it's worth looking into.
0: Yeah, cool. I like it. Um, okay. So, what are some of the, the records that we would need to keep? Um, just thinking like, you know, if my finances are all over the place, what do I need to keep?
1: Yeah. So, this is a lot broader than you probably would have thought about, but everything, uh, I might just mention some. So, they they sort of get into your brain of what type of records you want access to, um, and then potentially we'll talk about some different strategies to actually store some of these documents. So the first thing would be copies or photographs of key ID documents. So your passport, your driver's license. So you've got those details if for some reason Like you might even be overseas and you lose access to your documents. So you've got a copy that if you go to a consulate, you can take those copies with you and hopefully use them as a step towards proving your identity.
0: That's good. I always think about if I'm overseas, like I'm in some country that doesn't speak English and I'm like, I've lost my wallet. What do I do? Maybe if it's in my Google Drive or maybe if it's stored somewhere in my iCloud. Yeah, because you might lose your phone as well.
1: Yeah, if you lose your, like you might just have a photo on your phone, but if you lose your phone, so thinking about if you can have a Google drive or a iCloud drive where you can store these documents that you could log into this drive on another person's computer, Mm -hmm. uh, if you lose all of your electronics and then you can access these documents as well.
0: Yeah, I like it. So uh, when we talk about all these things, by the way, you wanna make sure wherever it is, it's secure. So if you do put it somewhere, don't like have it somewhere in the ether where other people can access, like don't have it as one of those Google drive links where it's like can edit or can view uh, and then just share that wildly. Um, It's not gonna end well. So so IDs, got it, what's next?
1: Yeah, so the next one is wills and power of attorneys. So Mm -hmm. this is a really important document that you have that someone actually needs to know where it is when it's required. So, um, whether- to,
0: but th- These are multiple different things, right? Yeah, multiple So, so the will is separate to the power of attorney, yep. Yes. And there can be multiple of those. Yes,
1: yeah, so you'll wanna keep this either in a fireproof safe that someone hopefully <laughs> knows the code to mm-hmm. other than you. Um, Maybe you give it to a trusted loved one to look after if they have a more secure location for it. Um, I know many people keep it with their parents. Um, with who- the lawyer. With the lawyer, with the yeah. will bank, so different things like that, um, you can have that original copy stored somewhere safe.
0: Yeah. Um, I've got a – I took a copy of my will, but the will actually at the law firm where we got the wills made up. Um, power of attorneys, we don't have any of those at the moment, but I did have one um, and I did took a digital copy of that and I just added it to a Google Drive. Like I was someone else's power of attorney um, while they were away. So, um, it's a good one, really important document.
1: Yeah. Cool. The next one is insurance documents. So this could be everything from travel insurance while you're away, your life insurance, income protection, your health insurance, pet home and contents, Mm -hmm. having copies of all these details and those insurance policy numbers stored in a drive. Because a lot of the times when you actually need the insurance, it's because something has gone wrong. And you might not have access to all of the original paperwork. You might not have access to the emails or someone else is having to deal with this on your behalf Mm. because you might be unwell, which is the reason the insurance is required. So having this located in a a key place or having a list of, it doesn't need to be all the private details, but just having a list of all the different insurance policies you have and the key numbers and which company the policy is with, um, have the list printed out and give it to a trusted friend or family member that has a copy of this when it comes down to it. Because if you're in a situation where you can't physically manage all this yourself because something's gone wrong, the loved one can help deal with this on your behalf.
0: Yeah. And uh, one thing that you can do is if you do have your super, uh, your insurance through super, like your income protection, blah, 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 blah. That's the next point, which is the super fund details. So your login information, your member number, um, have that somewhere safe because you want to allow them to log in and to be able to make a claim, or you want them to be able to access your super and speak to the super fund. Um, Because super funds, uh, when it comes, there's an extra layer of complexity when you have insurance inside super. uh, There's a little bit more admin involved because the super fund has to go through all of the rigmarole of verifying who you are, who your executor is, or even who your loved one is. They're not just going to let anyone access that, right? So there's an extra layer of a headache there, so just keep that in mind if you do have uh, insurance inside super like I do.
1: Yeah, and that's probably another thing, um, keeping records of where your super fund is held, mm. because if it does come, to, you do pass away and someone has to track down your superannuation, um, if they, they don't have access to your emails and they can't find any paperwork, it could be one of a hundred different Australian super funds and they'd have to write mm. to every single one. So just making it as easy as possible, it's not giving them your login details, but it's just, hey, I've got an insurance. This is my member number and I have an ins- um sorry, not insurance, um, a super fund with this particular
0: company. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. But myGov2 would be something that you can add into this list. I created myGov using a very old email, um, which I don't access for anything else other than myGov these days. So keep that in mind, you know, that might be your centralized hub for documents as well.
1: Yeah, I think that can be challenging because the MyGov has a phone verification yep. number. And so if the you can't access the mobile phone, potentially might be challenging to get into your MyGov account.
0: A lot of these have two FA, a lot of them have two factor authentication. Um, my A lot of my bank accounts do, you have to verify on the phone uh, at the same time. And if your phone's only got Face ID, um, that's another headache, so keep that in mind. Um, Basically just picture yourself trying to figure out your own finances if you knew nothing about it. That's what we're trying to get to. Yeah. about bank accounts?
1: Yeah, so having details of where you have bank accounts that have money in them. Mm -hmm. um, So the institutions, the account numbers, just so someone has something to go off if they do need to manage this on your behalf um, or deal with it and a list of maybe any debit or credit cards you have active um, as well. So that makes it life a lot easier Or if you lose access to everything because you're overseas and something happens, you can get in touch with your bank, and prove your identity, and maybe get access again. Or somehow Mm. your account, uh, this fraudulent activity happening, you want to have all those account details as well. Yep, I like it. Because we get used to the habit of having everything saved in a keychain on our laptop, and we never have to fill in any of these account Mm -hmm. details. And so if something happens and you have to access it through another computer, you need to have the account details. Yeah.
0: My Google password manager does it for me. Um, people might say, that's oh, not that secure or whatever. Um, yep. Yeah. Google password manager, if you can get in there, that's that's the key. That's what you need. Key so system. taking
1: our, over Owen's life. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. So we talk a lot about investing. People may have micro accounts. They might have brokerage accounts with multiple providers. You know, that's another key consideration, right?
1: yeah so in this i'm talking about it in two ways so i'm going to talk about investments in terms of making life's input tax time Mm -hmm. and i'm also going to talk about in terms of helping someone else track down all of your assets so in terms of having a clear list of your assets so someone can either manage it on your behalf or after you pass away they can Mm -hmm. the executor can deal with it i think it's really important to create an asset register so a list of all the different I've got $1,000 in this raise account, here's my account number. I've got $1,000 in this CBA brokerage account, here's my account number. We don't even need to have the values, Just who do you have all of this money with that you've invested all over the place and even your account number or a username or just some sort of ID that can mm. be linked with it. So have a clear list that maybe you give to the person that has your will, maybe you give it to someone else um, that they can go off so they know where everything is and it just makes that search a little bit easier.
0: I like it, yeah. Um, I'm picturing like a, a PDF or some type of document which you can have access to that kind of lists everything's Um, this is a really um, popular thing to have when you speak to a financial planner there's typically like two if you could think about it like two different documents one's like here's your personal balance sheet basically like the liabilities and the assets and here's where they are and what they are Mm. and then the other side the other document that we have is an investment policy statement or an IPS is what it's called this is like where you write down how you're going to invest why you invest and do all that sort of stuff but both of them are equally important. Sometimes they're combined. So sometimes you might have all of the assets as well as the strategy that was followed um, as a good record. So record keeping, super important here, especially when it comes to tax time for investing as well. Like so many headaches.
1: Yeah. So having this list that you update maybe every six or 12 months because things Mm. change, just printing it out, you don't need any uh, dollar values. And so you can give it to a loved one and they don't necessarily know how much money you have. So Mm -hmm. it adds that layer, but also keeping details of all your managed funds, your micro-investing apps, your brokerage accounts, crowdfunding, whatever you invest in, you're probably going to have to pay tax on it at some point, whether income tax or capital gains tax. So Mm. you want to keep records of your transaction histories. You want to keep details of any income you receive. That might be a dividend, a distribution, some other income payment. You want to keep records of the tax statements. So the way I do this is you can set up folders in your Google Drive or whichever system you use. Um, I break it down by financial year. So I'll have the F one FY2122 folder that I'll click into, and then I'll have I'll break it down by the account and so hmm. have everything saved there. Um, That's cool. And just make sure you label the files because often they'll download from the provider with a really weird sequence of numbers and letters and it's really hard to track down if you're searching for that particular file. So have it all in folders and labeled.
0: Yeah, I like it. Great stuff.
1: And that makes it easier for your accountant as well because they go, I, I'm looking for this specific. Bes- specific item and Mm. I can go through the folders to find it. Mm. And you can, with Google Drive and iCloud, you can share specific folders with people. So I can then share this year's tax folder with all the subfolders with my accountant and he can just go through and pick out what he needs.
0: Yeah, I like it, that's great. I used to do that with a spreadsheet. I took it one step further and I would actually do the spreadsheet for them. So I've got like all the fuel costs, all this based on the receipts that are in the separate folder.
1: Yeah. And folders for receipts as well or any deductions you want to claim. And if you can save them during the year or have a quarterly day where you go through and sort out all this admin. And the way I make that easier as well is by having a folder in all of my inboxes that's tax or finances. Maybe you want to separate it even into subfolders. But... Anytime you get a document during the year that says, oh, you've got a dividend or here's a tax statement, I drag it straight. Oh, even you made a donation. Mm-hmm. Drag that all into that folder so then you can go through uh, and check everything off as well so you don't miss anything.
0: I like it. It's good, good advice. Um, the key there is just once you have a system, no matter how simple it might be, once you have a system and you know the system, that's half the battle. Then it's just maintaining it. And a little bit here and there, just check in regularly. I like it. Uh, a lot of people do have properties, Kate. So what kinds of things should people be storing about their property and how?
1: Yeah, so probably all of the key details uh, for the body corporate, the title, if you have the title mm-hmm. um, or where the title's held. Um, sometimes you can download the documents with the property history, body corporate notes, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe details for all the, the key um providers you use so if there's a particular plumber so you've got this all in one spot so you can access it more easily next time instead of trying to like search through your emails and go who was that person i used again
0: and you would have got a lot of these not the plumbing and service providers but you would have got a lot of the details of the property when you bought the house they probably would have emailed you a contract of sale um mm-hmm. the property you know title or just like an extract uh, and it's different things um in victoria we have a, something called a section 32 which is like a big document that lays out like overlay and easements and that sort of stuff on the land. So you can store all of that as well.
1: Yeah, so keep copies of all of that. If you have any mortgage details, keep copies of that. Um, Even rates notice and things from the council or bills, you can Mm -hmm. keep in folders as well. So you've got all of those details. If you need to remotely deal with your energy provider or something like that, you've got everything in one spot. Bang. 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 So you can do the same thing that I've just copied my same tax time system for the house. So now I have uh, folders in my emails that are just called house mm-hmm. and uh, I've got folders in my drive called house as well. Yep. So keeping it really simple, just copying a system that already works for me um, with the folders and the folders in the email and the folders in the Google drive and just using the same system. So I keep everything in one space because while going through the purchase process, there's a lot of different documents coming at you and I didn't know potentially what I will need down the track. So I just kept copies of everything, made sure it was labeled and if I never use it again, that's great. But if I, I need it, I know where to find it.
0: I think your system is just really simple. Um, just having an email address that you do all these things with, like all of your finances, and then you just drag it and drop it straight into the the, the folder. And then you've got the file, you can put that in Google Drive as well. I think that's, um, does a does question on this? So, you know, when you say like you get like, I don't know, you get some sort of document emailed to you as a PDF and you're like, okay, that should go in the house folder and you drag that across into like your subfolder in Gmail or whatever you Mm. use, does that file automatically get added to your Google Drive? Is there a way to do that, I wonder?
1: Not that I know of. I feel like that would be super kind of double handled it by putting it in there and then also saving the document.
0: So you would download the document and then drag and drop it into your Google Drive? If it's an important document, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. I wonder if there's someone out there that knows the answer to this question. I wonder if there's a way to link your Google Drive to a subfolder in Gmail. Mm. During the, cool.
1: for my tax related stuff I don't save everything immediately so I'll put it in that folder until it comes to the time where I want to go through the last 30 emails and save everything in folders
0: yeah right okay cool yeah. I like it so this next one which is um obviously actually there's one before that we'll go this one first first of all a lot of us have debt Kate so what are the types of debts and how maybe should we think about like managing this
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to keeping that digital asset register, you also have a a debt register. So if you have a few different accounts, whether it's buy now, pay laters or payday loans, Mm -hmm. even hex debt, mortgages, just keeping a list of all of this so that if you need to access it remotely, you've got all of those key details. If someone else has to manage this on your behalf, they've got all of the details there as well. Um, And then that is also a handy tool to have if you do need to speak to a financial counsellor. They said it's a lot easier if you go with a list of here's all of the debts I have, this is the amount, this is the provider, this is the yeah, account number, point. and it's a lot easier for them to deal with it on your behalf. And they'll you... be able
0: to see it and just be like, these are the things that matter, these are the things that aren't. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of consolidate this or we'll do something with that. Yeah, so great.
1: There's probably multiple uses to writing this down and also if you're coming up with a plan to paying off the debt, having it all listed out is a good starting point. Yeah,
0: can be revealing, but it's good. Um, the next one, which is the one that I was going to mention just a minute ago, is actually really important, particularly for older folks that – might use a financial advisor, or you might rely on your accountant to structure things in a certain way. Just putting down the name of the advisor, the accountant, etc., <clears throat> will be super powerful for your next of kin. So, if you're 45, 50, and you're thinking, you know, I've got a pretty substantial amount of assets here, maybe a million dollars, I don't know if my children will be able to manage this. Just speaking with your accountant or speaking with, preferably, your financial advisor. And saying, how can I manage this? And how can I put it, make it simple for my next of kin? Because we actually in the office here. We've got Waddle partners. And they deal with a lot of older clients. And sometimes those older clients get sick. Like one of them had a fall the other day, ended up in hospital. And actually turned out that one of the advisors here was the next of kin on the list. So they had to deal with everything from power of attorney, all of that sort of stuff. But if the family wanted to have something to say as well, they need to have contact details and information. With the financial advisor, know where they are, who they are, and what role they serve. I think mean, that's really important.
1: Yeah, making it easy for yourself if you are um, overseas and you need to get in contact or a loved one to get in contact with them mm. as easy as possible, um, mm. especially if they have some of they're managing some of your assets.
0: Yeah, accountants will always be handy. Just keeping a, a list of those um, because. Then you're, you know, you're typically like if you have weird structures or you have, even if you need a file or tax return, if you're sick or something like that, knowing the accountant, just even the email address will make it so much easier for your for your family to get in contact with them. Yeah, so, especially
1: for that, giving those details to your power of attorney or your next of kin. So if you are um, unable to manage something because you're sick or something like that happened, um, they can get in touch with all these people and keep your finances running ahead Mm -hmm. Um, and then probably also links to the next one of telling your power of attorney about your investment plan so if you are uh, still alive you just might not be able to manage your finances for six or 12 months because something has happened or an extended period of time letting your power of attorney know this is how my this is all my investments and this is how they're structured and this is why they're doing what they're doing Um, just so they've got something to go off because they might not have ever invested themselves before, they might not understand anything about finance. And so if you're just like, oh manage this, you're my power of attorney, it can be very confronting. And how are they going to manage that? So just having a clear plan laid out and where everything is and what the go is there, you might give them a base to go off.
0: Yeah. Good point. It's so this can happen. For example, let's say you're like to hell with this, I'm going to go live in Europe for six months. Um you can actually give your loved one or professional um, partner like accountant or financial advisor, you can give them the authority to act on your behalf while you're away. It's called a power of attorney and I've done this for people before where they went away and I needed to act in that capacity. So it's a big lengthy document but fortunately those people didn't have investment strategies set up and whatever but had they had that, I would have been able to be, okay, they're going to invest in this ETF or this is where they want the dividends reinvested or this is their accountant and this is how they manage tax. Knowing those things would have been very helpful. So I'm actually going to take this one on board. If I ever do that again, I'm going to say, well, first of all, how do you invest? What's your situation? I need to know because I've got to act in your interest while you're away.
1: Yeah. And it's a fantastic tool to have just for yourself, having that investment plan. We've talked about the importance of writing Mm. down your investment plan and why you chose to invest in this share or this ETF. Uh, But having just an overall financial plan is a really good way to sort of lay out your thinking and map out what's the go for the next one, three, five, ten years. I
0: like it. Kate, um, we've got a couple more things we want to tack on the end here and um, kind of help people with pretty quickly. What's How do we keep track of everything? Like, can you tell us, can you give us some like quick fire strategies? How do I actually take all of this stuff that we just talked about There's a lot and make it simpler? Like, how do I bring that back to reality and make it kind of like easy for me?
1: Yep. So copies of all these documents could and probably should be stored in a remote drive like Google Drive, Dropbox or iCloud that you can access or someone else can access remotely. It's not tied to one specific computer or phone, Mm -hmm. because if you're in a circumstance where you lose these items or something goes wrong or your house is damaged, you want to be able to access this from someone else's device. So that's probably my first thing. You can scan, you can save, you can whatever you want. And you can give other people access to these folders. So if for some reason you're not able to access it, potentially your power of attorney or next of kin already has access via their email address to all these documents, Mm -hmm. which is super important because most people don't know each other's passwords, but you can share this without sharing everything in your passwords.
0: Yeah, you can share like view only access. So where they can download and they can view things, but they can't edit things. So the second one was one that we've just covered, which is set up a,
1: email folders in your inbox, just make it super easy, drag those things straight away so that when it comes time that you're ready and in the right headspace to deal with it, you can go through that folder and everything's there rather than going for a million and one emails because we all get inundated with emails these days.
0: A lot of our members actually set up email addresses just for their investing. Uh, I know this because I see the emails come through and it might be like Joe46investing at Gmail, you know, some variation of that. And it's like, they have an email address, but it's just for their money and just for their finances, which is uh, another way to kind of declutter and just make it simple. Like You can get a Google email or Gmail for free and it comes with Google Drive Space as well for free. So you can just whack it all in there.
1: Yeah. Uh, another tool for investors is ShareSite. So that's a portfolio management tool so you can add your holdings, your shares, your ETS to this Um, online portfolio management tool and you can track everything in one spot, which is good to, it prompts you when you should have received a dividend. Um, So that's quite good when you're going through your tax return to make sure you've accounted for everything and you don't miss out anything because uh, not everything gets directly sent through to the ATO Mm. when you're doing your MyGov um, tax returns. So you want to make sure you don't miss any dividends or capital gains tax you should be paying because that might come bite you down the track.
0: Yep, I like it. So that's site, I just checked the website as of August 2022. Uh, it is free for up to 10 holdings. So if you have less than 10 ETFs or 10 shares, it's free to set up and it can be linked to most broker accounts.
1: Yeah, and they have uh, tax reporting features as well, which has been very handy um, for me using with my accountant.
0: For sure. Next one is more of a hack on yourself, Kate.
1: Yes, so if you uh, feel willing, uh, putting in a monthly personal admin meeting with yourself. Maybe you take your computer to the cafe and just smash through everything in an hour, deal with mm-hmm. those f- emails in the folders, um, deal with keeping records, of the documents, deal with your taxes, everything like that. Maybe you have to email your accountant. You do that. Um, just block it out in your calendar on a monthly or a quarterly basis. Yeah. The I longer like you leave it, the worse and the bigger the task gets. Yep.
0: Um, just quickly, just recapping back on shares. I just noticed something on their website. You can sync it automatically with Zero. So if your mm. um, if your account does all of your tax in Zero, they'll be able to get all of the dividends, all that sort of stuff, flowing through, which is fantastic. Um, the next one, Kate, which is I know something you've covered recently, is just. The legal documents, so the important things like powers, attorney, wills, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yep, keeping it in a safe, keeping it with a solicitor, keeping it with the government will bank, mm-hmm. um, just and making sure someone knows where it is that's not you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a safe, someone else should know the code. So just making it, um, making sure that someone knows where that original verified will is kept.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I got a fireproof safe from Officeworks. I think it was $99. Pretty good investment. Only problem is... I some I think it needs batteries, and I don't often know how long the batteries have left. <laughs> so, right. uh, anyway,
1: and even making sure you air those safes out every couple of months, um, it's good to open the door for a few hours because it gets a bit stale and musty in there.
0: Yeah, right. Didn't even, I haven't thought good about tip. that? <laughs> good, good tip. Good tip. <laughs> we need one of those little things that go in there, uh, keep it fresh. Okay. So, and the final thing is very simple but very important. Yep. Anyone Having, can do this.
1: Writing down all of your assets, where they're located, and maybe an account number or a member number from your super to your brokerage account to that weird crowdfunding thing you purchased, having a list of everything in one spot, it doesn't need a dollar value, having a list of any debts, having a list of any properties you own, any digital assets you own, just having all of this in one spot, printing out that list, giving it to a trusted friend or family member and doing an update every six or 12 months so that it just makes it easier. If something does go wrong, someone knows where everything is.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm imagining like I would have a Google spreadsheet for this. I'd have like what it is, I'd have username, maybe the password and what it's, what email address or whatever secret question is linked to so people know how to access it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you need to make sure to share that Google Sheet with somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, that's, that's, that's the next Before something happens. <laughs> Before. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll find it in my Google Sheets. Yeah, no one there's no point growth. creating <laughs> this
1: if no one actually has access to it. So yeah. make sure someone does. Yep. Um, And it's it's not that personal if you don't put any dollar figures or you don't put your password. It's just a list of I have super with... Host Plus, and this is my number.
0: Yep, like it. Okay, okay. We've talked about this a bit before. Share registries, this is the stuff that happens once you buy a share on ETF. You start getting all this paperwork. They handle a lot of stuff on the back end. Give us the three-minute version of share registries and what I should be doing.
1: Yes, so this is probably for investors that are listening, the one that's causing them the most admin havoc because they're suddenly, they start investing and they're receiving all of this mail. They're receiving mail from the ASX saying, you've made this purchase of this ETF. They're receiving mail from the ETF provider saying, set up your account with computer share or link market services. Uh, They're also receiving mail saying, hey, you've got a dividend. So Mm -hmm. share registries are what a company that's listed or an ETF that's listed use to manage all the admin that they don't want to do because it's very time consuming and share registries have systems to deal with everything. So. When you buy something, you want to set up your account with the appropriate share registry. It's probably link or computer share. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to the ASX website and scroll down, when you search the company or the ticker code, you can find out what registry it is. There are a few other smaller registries if you buy something that's uh, a bit smaller.
0: Yeah, some small cap companies, for example, or some weird ETFs use different registries. But for the most part, you'll see link, you'll see computer share, you'll see boardroom.
1: They have a monopoly over the market really. Um, yeah. but they know what they're doing. So um, so you're going to be using your share registry to update your dividend preferences. Do you want it paid to your bank account? Do you want it reinvested? You can choose this. You can change your bank account details. Mm-hmm. You can also put your tax file number in um, and make sure you declare everything there because if you're not an Australian... Uh, resident citizen, there's some different tax things. Anyway, um, I won't get into that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also choose preferences for the company's annual report. Do you want that posted? Do you want that emailed? I would not recommend getting it posted. Usually quite a big document, killing a few trees there. Mm -hmm. Um, And even what else can you change? You can choose to vote. So instead of getting sent all the details for voting in the mail, you can vote for company things when it comes to their AGM through the share registry.
0: Yeah, and so that will also list like your holder identification number, your shareholder reference number. All that stuff will be listed with the share registry, which you can then use to uh, vote at AGMs if you want to vote live. Sometimes companies will have like a web portal that you can log into. And while they're making their presentation, you can vote on the matter. Um, So keep that in mind too. One of the big things, one of the big gripes that people have and have had for many years, and this is now changing, thankfully, Kate, is that, they get a lot of paperwork. They just wish they could receive it via email. Is that still a thing?
1: Yeah. So in your share registry, you can change to electronic communication preferences. Good. So all these things to do with annual reports and dividends will come through via email. Mm-hmm. I would highly suggest doing that. Otherwise you can end up with a lot of e- uh, letters in the post. Um, also you get mail when you make a purchase or a sale of a share or an ETF. And typically that is being a paper-based thing. We have no way to turn that particular thing off. Uh, but some of the brokers are slowly changing that. There's been this huge project with the ASX in trying to digitize a lot of things. Uh, so that's slowly changing. So keep an eye on your broker if they let you change this.
0: Yep, Perla put out an announcement for all of those that uh, use Perla. You can go into your account and you can select emails. Some of the brokers are getting on board but not all of them are there yet. Save the trees, save yourself the hassle more like it and especially if you've got you haven't, if you've moved house and your shareholder information is going to a different address where other people might collect it just get it sent to your email address so much easier
1: yeah and certain things like share purchase plans are time sensitive so you want to get that by email if if that's something you want to participate in
0: yep i like it kate that's a lot
1: yes there is a lot there so, and the question do we even want to talk about keeping the paper statements or not
0: well yeah. Do we want to keep the people statements? I know a lot of people that are investors, they get all the paper and then just either stack it up or throw it out. What do you do?
1: I stack it up for a while and then I shred it and throw it out. It does have some sensitive details like your holder identification number. So um, making sure you've just got copies of that, um, elect to receive them via email. If it mm-hmm. is something important you've got via paper, you can easily just take a photo on your phone and upload it to that Google Drive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it, like uh, doesn't really need to be kept.
0: Yeah, a lot of it is just telling you to go to the share registry to update your, t- your information. So just go and do that. And hopefully you can do it once um, for your shareholding and then you don't have to worry about it again. Um, I just throw a lot of mine out to be honest. I probably shouldn't, but- You I should probably sh- shred it. I should probably shred it or set fire to it or do something. Um, but so just to recap, we've got, it's important to keep a, a hold of what your financial picture is and all the documents you receive because it makes tax time easier. In the event of an emergency, people know where to go, you know where to go. If you were to get sick, which happens a lot, uh, or if unfortunately you were to die, people know where to find things. If you have an executor of your will, if you've taken that step, let them know where this stuff is. If you don't and you just wanna just tell your family where your stuff is, let them know. Send them one big email to say, you will be able to click this link to go to this Google Drive, or you will see this spreadsheet. This is what I'm gonna keep updated. Just do something. You can keep records for, Uh, your ID, for your wills, for your bank account, super insurance, which is really important, very important for travel insurance and those types of things, your property information, debts, contact information of your advisors and your plumbers and your accountants. Um, Have an investment plan. We've got, um, for members, you can go into the RASP website and you can access a a DIY investment guide. And then some of the tools you can use, Kate outline them very simply. We've got like cloud-based storage, Dropbox, Drive. Uh, iCloud, Microsoft, whatever you use. Um, Kate's idea of segmenting emails and just drag and drop, super easy. Share site is free for up to ten holdings. You can do a monthly check in with yourself. Legal docs, store it in a safe. Print off your asset list, give it to your family. And please, please, please use your share registry appropriately and send, get it all set up for email preferences. That's the list. Yeah. That's it, what we went through. That's a lot.
1: It might take a few hours or a few days if you've never done any of this before, but once it's sorted, it's only more of a maintaining thing yeah. rather than having to go and sort this all again. Once you've set up your registries, they're set up.
0: Yeah. So if you are stuck and you want some actual cold, hard steps to follow, you'll be able to find more information. Kate's done a share registry guide. I think it's available on Rask Media now. Uh, there's a lot of information in there on how to deal with a share registry set up a DRP, a dividend reinvestment plan. If you want your dividends and your distributions reinvested, we've also done podcasts on this in the past, which we'll link to. And if you're just getting off the ground and you're thinking, all of this stuff's a lot to take in, go and take the RASC road trip, free courses on Rask education, six modules all linked together, solving a lot of your questions and problems in your financial life. It's all free um, by Kate, myself, Tash, the team here. Um, so much fun. Putting those courses together so go and check them out that's a lot kate i feel tired after all this admin talk
1: yeah i think it's uh if you've got through this well done and your next step is to just write one thing that you're going to do after listening to this episode or put an hour in your calendar to deal with this on the weekend
0: yeah i actually find it really fun to do all of my assets and liabilities in a spreadsheet it sounds geeky what a finance thing to say
1: are your net worth calculations i don't necessarily
0: do, i'm not being on the net worth calculations but what i am is just like having like a like a table that shows me like where's my stuff you know it's <laughs> like what's this thing over here what's this thing that i signed up for ages ago just knowing that is um it's actually kind of cool because then i can be like hey hold on a second that thing which i wanted to invest in i'm not investing enough in that thing or like I've got this debt here. I should be getting rid of this. It makes sense. Like sometimes you just need to see it to actually understand it. So it's that's good to check in.
1: Yeah. Good time to update your investment plan as well yeah. if anything's changed.
0: Yeah. I like it, Kate. This is a huge episode, really important for a lot of people dealing with the paperwork, which we all have.
1: Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians.
0: to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Raskinvest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.